the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. we got some great guests today, especially Todd Benzman in a few moments. He's got a piece. Um, we have talked to Todd Benzman. Well, as long as I've been doing the Pro-America Report, I've been talking to Todd Benzman, I think. He is, of course, the National Security Fellow, Senior National Security Fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies. They did a big report recently. And uh, the report's been picked up by Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, and uh, he's pushing to find out what's going on at the border in terms of national security and terms of people that are coming in. It's great. Good for Todd Bensman for uh, basically being an investigative reporter who has influenced policy. It's a very cool thing to have happen, and he deserves it. And we'll talk with him uh, about all that and um, a lot more. But first, what you need to know today is there is an extraordinary a development down in Texas, and we could entitle this entire segment, Why Ken Paxton Matters. Ken Paxton is, of course, the Texas attorney general who has been uh, who was maligned by his fellow Republicans. They impeached him. He withstood the impeachment trial. He was acquitted and he's back to work as attorney general of Texas. He's been elected twice in landslides. He's very popular. But here's the thing. He has been fearless in filing lawsuits against the Biden administration. Now, the Biden, you can say, oh, well, he's a Republican. They're Democrats. Most attorneys general don't want to fight. That's the unfortunate fact. They just don't want to fight. And so they have they might be a Republican. There's a few. There might uh, Senator Schmidt. Eric Schmidt was one in Missouri. He moved from uh, attorney general of Missouri up to be the uh, senator uh, from Missouri. But most, you know, they'll pick a few fights. They'll, they'll pick a few arguments. They'll, they'll, they'll make some hay, but not much. But Ken Paxton has over and over again, not on just one pet topic. He hasn't said, Oh, I really care about this issue on and every issue where the federal government is overreaching. He's filed lawsuits. He's uh, sought relief. He's made a public statement. Extraordinary. And you might wonder if the reason why he got grief politically from his own party was because a bunch of Republicans like uh, to use the status of big, big government, and they don't care what uh, whether it's intrusive on our rights. But be that as it may, Ken Paxson survives this political hit job. And and just a couple days ago, he gets a report from someone in the state that on the Texas-Mexico border, the Biden administration's DHS has been destroying Literally, that's the word, destroying barriers along the border. 
not taking down a bit of fence, no, using like backhoes to uh, uh, shatter uh, these um, these things, to p- putting pickup trucks and attaching ropes to help people scale uh, the the, the uh, uh, riverbanks against these obstructions that were put in place by the Texas by Texans. So the Texans have their own state sovereignty, their own state. And they're allowed to do what they want to do. And and the Biden administration doesn't care. And they're tearing them down. So on Friday, last Friday, Ken Paxton, uh, he goes and files an emergency motion for what's called a TRO, a temporary restraining order, which means, hey, judge, you got to stop them from doing that, because if you let them go on for an even a minute longer, it'll be damaged beyond repair. So it's a very high bar, a TRO. Sometimes people will get a, a preliminary injunction. That's a version of going in and saying, hey, Your Honor, there's something happening. We ought to slow that down. We don't really know what it is, but can we slow it down? The, the, the difference is amount of time, the urgency. A TRO is like, hey, the, the building's on fire. We got to put it out or it's going to be destroyed, as opposed to, um, you know, this building's got a bunch of uh, dried uh, uh, paper and some, uh, you know, gasoline over there. If something happens, it might go up. That's the difference. Or, you know, if there's no th- risk of a of a fire, you just wait and go to court in a regular timeline. So it's a high burden. It's a high burden. And and Ken Paxton and his team, they go into federal court and they say, look, not only are they tearing down these fences, these restri- these uh, these Texas uh, built state of Texas built um, uh, barriers, not only destroying them and aiding people coming across the border through those areas, but they're accelerating it when it was observed, they decided to do more. And so they were rushed back into court. So there's an initial lawsuit where they say, hey, 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 looks like they're destroying barrier fencing. It looks like they're helping people enter. Can We got to check this out. And then the Biden administration says, well, let's do more. And over a couple of days, they do more. So then uh, Ken Paxson's team goes in and says, no, no, TRO. And it was granted. It was granted. On Monday night, the federal court said, yeah, hold on. We've got to stop this. We can't let them keep going. In fact, I think it was the motion. Uh, it might have been the motion for preliminary injunction, but it doesn't matter. The most important thing is the federal court said to the government, the federal government, stop. Stop cutting. Stop destroying. Stop damaging the wire fencing along the Texas-Mexico border until we can have a full hearing. On November 7, 2023, when the state of Texas, represented by Ken Paxton, the attorney general, can go into court and say, hey, guys, what is this? Why do you think you get to do this and override our sovereignty? Why is it okay for you to effectively be tearing down barriers to allow lawlessness as opposed to enforcing a law? They're actually tearing it down so you can have more lawlessness. But the most important thing about this is you've got to be willing to fight You've got to be willing to get in there and and talk about it and push and pull. And that's what Ken Paxton did. And the fruits of it are hopefully slowing down the tearing down of barriers, the barriers along the border. Number That's number one. Number two, getting people to pay attention to it, getting people, including the media, to say, what? Ken Paxton, the attorney general, he just got he just stopped the federal government in its, in its tracks. There's a whole bunch of people that are going to cover that. Now, most of the mainstream news is going to avoid it because they don't want to actually show good things that are happening for conservatives and sovereign people. So they'll they'll try to ignore it. But it won't matter because it is on the public docket, it is in public. It will get some attention. Would would we hope it would get more? Yeah. 
but it is exactly, exactly the right thing. And number three, hopefully, hopefully it will be shown, it will show Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, his actions will be shown to be not only the right thing legally, I think it is, but it will be politically popular. And others, I mentioned earlier, that don't necessarily like to fight, attorneys general, governors, will say, wait a second, I can see that it's the right thing to do, and it's politically valuable, and it's politically expedient to go forward. And so yet again, and I said it, I don't know, two months ago, Ken Paxton not only had done a lot before his impeachment, but has the opportunity to be a dramatic leader because you know what? He doesn't owe anybody anything. There's no public official. There's no, I guess Donald Trump stuck with him and some of us did, but those, the people that stuck with him were stuck with him because like we, we believed in what he was doing, but we didn't have any power. The people that had the power of the Republican party of Texas seemed a lot of the poobahs, not everybody. A lot of the poobahs were against him and a lot of the insiders and a lot of the um, the uh, incumbent elected officials, not just the ones in the House and Senate in Texas, but the ones in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House from Texas, an awful lot of them step back and step instead of stepping towards this fight. And that's a huge, huge mistake and a huge difference. You know, I, this phrase has been getting more and more popular that uh, people are saying it more and more. It's been around forever, but so it's not like it's unique, but I did use it a while ago and I, I like it a lot. Courage is contagious. So is confidence. Courage is contagious. And so is confidence. When you see somebody being courageous, you, you like, I can do that too. I want to do that too. And when you are living in confidence, when you are in a confident space, when you carry yourself with confidence, sureness in what you're doing, that's just as contagious. And again, in a world that is filled with crazy uh, situations and wild uh, conduct by elected officials and, you know, transgender this and uh, corruption, that all these things that are going on, you look up and say, wait. I, I I can I can be confident in the rule of law, in the Constitution, in standing up to the powers that be. It's not an insignificant thing. There's a million ways that the federal government makes you pay. If you're a guy like uh, uh, Ken Paxton standing up, even though you're a different party, they got a million ways to implement things. They, they have different possibilities of working together and all, and they cut them off. They make it difficult. They threaten you. They don't try to – they usually start out trying to sweet talk you, but then they threaten you. And they punish you and they join together to do things like impeach you. And then you win. And he did. And more importantly, we, the people, we, the people are winning when we see what's going on in this case. So pretty extraordinary, uh, amazing thing. I did not see it coming. I knew I, I, I knew there was some talk. I knew there was some talk of um, of this challenge because uh, over the weekend I heard a little bit about it. But the fact that he won in federal court and they're going to have another uh, week or so and they're going to be back in there to fight about it. Big deal. Way to go, Ken Paxton. Good for America uh, as well as good for Texas. All right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'll put all the links up on social media so you can see exactly what was going on in court. Be right back.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Alex Newman. He is the CEO and founder of Liberty Sentinel Media. If you go to LibertySentinel.org, you'll see a ton of there there. Uh, he does TV. He does radio. He does interviews. He writes books. He really, though, is, uh, if I can say, his uh, claim to fame is he's an investigative journalist who really can dig into things and see what's going on. Uh, but he does a lot of great work all over the country and is a great public speaker, great speaker to groups and others. So uh, welcome back to the program alex how are you doing great thank you for having me Ed. so and one of the things i saw you write about this i i had an, i had a conversation with a young guy he's a fundraiser nice guy and a conservative and he said ed you know one of the things that raises a lot of money is this thing called the convention of states and he said you know blah 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 and he was talking about the energy that you will get if you go out and say to people oh my gosh don't you see that washington is totally broken these people are totally corrupt everything about them in both parties uniparty war party etc cetera, etc cetera. and don't don't you think what we should do is get rid of them all with a convention of states? It's a really cool mechanism in place to do this. It, of course, it works as a sales uh, device, but it's a disaster to mess with our Constitution. The late Phyllis Schlafly, who you were friendly with, and of course I worked with, she opposed it her whole uh, career as soon as it came up. And you wrote about this recently. I, we need to cover it, Alex, and we need to keep talking about it because it's such a bad idea. There's so many problems with it. Yeah, I don't know. Give me your your top ones or your thoughts on this as you're going forward, especially how people react to it. Well, thank you, Ed. And th this is, I think, one of the existential threats facing our republic right now. This is one of those issues where if we get it wrong, it's all over. And I mean, like, literally, it's all over uh, because the, the people marketing the Constitutional Convention, they, they make great points about the problem. You and I both agree that the federal government's totally out of control. The, both of the political parties seem determined to head us over the cliff just maybe at different speeds. Uh, but it's true. The federal government has become lawless. They don't obey the Constitution. But if they're not obeying the Constitution, the idea that changing the Constitution would be the, the solution to that is, frankly, silly. Right. Uh, if your husband or your wife is not obeying obeying your, your marriage contract, the solution is not to change the marriage contract. Right. Uh, so this is a, a really important issue. If we go to a constitutional convention, I am absolutely convinced. And so are the leftists, by the way. Uh, Governor Newsom just convinced the California legislature to go on record supporting a constitutional convention. Uh, they are convinced, and I am convinced, that this would be used to legalize all of the abuses that we've seen so far. Right? The, the Constitution is still the supreme law of the land. That's what Article 6 says, and it's still in place. And so the vast majority of these evil, lawless activities of the federal government are right now unconstitutional and illegitimate. If they get a constitutional convention... The totalitarians will run it. They will legalize all of these abuses. And then we hear from the Convention of States people, oh, but we need three-fourths of the states to ratify it. So don't worry. We won't get any bad amendments. Well, there's several problems with that argument as well, Ed. First of all, they could change the mode of ratification, which is what they right. did the only time we had a constitutional convention in our exactly. history, 1787. <laughs> right. So this this is a huge gamble. All risk, no benefit, and um, it is popular. People want a silver bullet. People want a simple solution, but it's a very, very dangerous plan. Well, you know, and, and it doesn't work as well now because he's a few years removed from the Congress. But I used to someone you said to me, I don't I, I just I don't see a lot of Ben Franklin's in, in the possible convention uh, attendees. But I do see a bunch of Barney Franks. I mean, you know, yep. a, a Pelosi would be a a, a one of the uh, um, attendees. And the question you have is when you all the blue states put in their people and they get there and then CNN and Fox News and everybody starts to run interference for everybody who who's standing up to them. And how well have we done when we have had 
had the, a possibility of standing up to them in a setting like that. It, it, you know, it, it doesn't work. So, uh, but Alex, um, a different kind of question on this. Again, you've been an observer of the well, you've been an observer of the globalists in particular ways. Um, you've been an observer of concerted uh, political movements in all sorts of facets, both the good guys and the, and the bad guys. Where's your what is your sense on this um, effort? Is it is it? really well organized is it a grift by some people um the people that are into it are really nasty i'll never forget mark levin calling phyllis schlafly names there's a lot of things you can do but mark levin calling her names on the radio uh, people get nasty about it what but is it a real movement or is it some kind of uh i don't know kind of um uh fake out i mean how how worried are you maybe that's the way to say it well, it's definitely an astroturf movement. Uh, you you got several of these so-called leaders. Mark Levin is one, you know, and, and and I don't have any personal issue with him, but to see his rants on this issue, you know, he, he went on this crazy rant one time after uh, Phyllis Schlafly supporters and uh, the John Birch Society stopped the plan. I think it was in South Dakota. And he goes on this ridiculous rant about how now the John Birch Society is responsible for every abortion that happens in the United <laughs> yeah, States. Like, right, yeah. where, where do you get this stuff, man? Yeah, like, right. I mean, Does anyone really think that a constitutional convention in today's political climate would secure a, a ban on abortion for us. I mean, we, we all know that's not what's going to come out of a constitutional convention. Uh, and, and the other guy who who's kind of leading the charge here, uh, Mark Meckler, you know, I, I rarely say bad things about people on the right, but this is a guy who I've watched lie. And it's one thing to be misinformed and, and make mistakes. Yeah. I have a lot of grace for that. But when you're lying and you know you're lying, that that's where I draw the line. And, and that's where Mark Meckler falls into. One of the things they do have, though, Ed, and I know you know this, is enormous amounts of money. Yeah. Uh, we know they paid Mark Levin 600 thousand dollars. Uh, another one of their leaders, and, and I actually caught him in this. I, I wrote an article about it. It was uh, the former uh, South Carolina senator, uh, you know, seems like a nice enough guy. His voting record was halfway decent. But I, I got a video of him telling a, a group of Republicans in South Carolina that uh, he was an unpaid volunteer for a convention of states. Right. So he pulled up the, the 990 form and it said he had been paid, like I think, $260,000. So I, I wrote him a note. I said, hey, man, you said you're an unpaid volunteer. I've got a record here. It says you were paid $260,000 last year. He didn't respond. So I, I did the article. Then his spokesman, he was too good to contact me. So his spokesman contacts me and said, oh, that was last year. He meant he's an unpaid volunteer this year. I mean, <laughs> give me a break, folks. Yeah, so yeah. they offered Rush Limbaugh two point something million dollars to jump on this bandwagon. Thankfully, he said no. But where's all this money coming from? That's what I'd like to know. I think some of these people, they like to think of themselves as like founding fathers. They think they're going to go down in history. But I think a lot of these people, especially the money behind it, th these are people who want to subvert our constitutional republic. Ed. And of course, on the left, we know that, right? George right. Soros is pumping right. money into these groups. Uh, these are people that we know want to overthrow our constitutional republic. So it's very, very dangerous. We're talking with Alex Newman. And again, you go to go to his uh, website, LibertySentinel.org, the website he heads up, the media uh, outlet, incredible um, uh, incredible resources there. And we're talking right now about Convention of States. I I, I always get a little bit, uh, I'm a little jaded on it because I watch it and I think they, they like to say, oh, look at how successful this is. And then they lose, lose, lose. You know, Andy Schlafly has an email that he sends out and he, he's, he's sort of brutally about they just keep losing. On the other hand, as people get frustrated, right? And we're about to have in America, we're going to have two wars going on and we're going to spend money like we don't have and we're going to give it to people that admit they're corrupt. And, you know, more and more people are saying, you know what? I, the system is broken. Give me some 
something. I mean, you know, the old Hoffer line, uh, you know, uh, every good, uh, every great cause begins as a business uh, and degenerates ultimately into a racket. I got that a little wrong, but you know, the, and, and it, we're in the racket stage of a whole bunch of stuff. And the other danger that Hoffer will talk about is if you don't steer the energy of the frustrated in a way, they'll pick really dumb solutions. I mean, they'll decide to do dumb things and you'll, you know, you'll, uh, you'll throw out the czars and put in the Bolsheviks, for example, that's one of the Hoffers. But uh, that's the worry I have. Again, back to my thing, Alex, I, I, are you must have you wrote this you wrote your column because you need to be talking about it so it must be front of mind enough that you're saying hey you got to hear this yeah i I think it's important Uh, so i I wrote this in uh, chronicles magazine it was a response to uh, another article that somebody had put in chronicles magazine an attorney by the name of uh, J. Eric Wise. And, you know, to his credit, I think he's one of the most honest ones who I've seen promoting this because he's acknowledging that probably radical changes will come out of this. We don't know how it's going to go. It's probably going to leave a constitution that we're going to like less than the current one we have. So he's much more honest than a lot of these other guys who act like we're going to save America with it. Uh, and so I appreciate that about him. And I encourage people to read his column. He's actually praising Governor Newsom's call for a constitutional convention. Wow. So he's much more honest than than the other ones. But I do hope people will go read uh, my piece. Again, it's in Chronicles magazine. You can find it at my own website as well. But uh, the level of dishonesty here, to go back to the racket thing, Ed, I've interviewed uh, and, and I'm friends with state lawmakers all across the country who have caught these people in deliberate acts of fraud. And so people can go find those interviews. I interviewed uh, my friend Teresa Manzella. She's a senator in Montana. Right. She said they were defrauding her. Uh, my friend Dorothy Moon, uh, she was a state representative. She was getting all these uh, letters and emails from allegedly ConCon supporters. And she, some of these she knew. She's like, wait, you're my friend. Like, you're not supporting. She's now the head of the uh, Idaho GOP. Wonderful lady. Right. right. Oh, so yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you supporting the 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 constitutional convention like don't you know say i never sent you that so these people are sending fake letters they're they're sending fake emails pretending like it's from supporters of a con con to try to bully these legislators into supporting this Uh, why would you do that if you really had yeah if you know if you have the truth on your side yeah but alex i'm out of time you know the drill i'm sorry i gotta take a break um alex newman everybody his website's awesome he's awesome go check it out it's a great piece and that's right we should set i'll get the other chronicles one and set them up together we gotta take a break though be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with our old friend Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman, of course, is the uh, Senior National Security Fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. Today's discussion, he's got a post over at his website, ToddBenzman.com. If you go uh, also there, you'll see his two books, America's Covert Border War and Overrun, each of which is important. Overrun talks about what the Bidens have done. America's Covert Border War talks about how an open border is a national security threat. So that's the post today. Senator demands Biden administration answer. Bensman reports on abject failure to protect U.S. national security. Uh, uh, we, uh, Senator uh, Chuck Grassley has stepped up into this. So tell us what this is, Todd, and tell us what's going on and where I don't know where uh, it could go, where it why it could be the uh, important if uh, Senator Grassley pulls this uh, thread a little bit. Sure. Well, the the issue at hand here is that my organization, Center for Immigration Studies, recently filed a lawsuit, a FOIA lawsuit against CBP because they wouldn't tell us uh, anything about how many right. and who they were bringing over the ports. They've right. been doing this for, for at least a couple of years uh, on, a, on the CBP-1 mobile phone app. You can make an appointment. 
uh, instead of crossing illegally between the ports, we'll bring you in at the appointed time. And, you know, after they announced this program, they never said another word about it. How many bring they're bringing in and who and all the rest of that. And finally, after litigation, we were able to get the numbers and we found that they're bringing in by invitation uh, thousands of special interest aliens. These are people from countries of national security concern mm-hmm. where there's terrorism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are these people terrorists? Uh, they're higher elevated, uh, kind of a higher elevation of uh, threat when they're coming from a country like that. And we reported about how many were coming over and Grassley's office got wind of this and put together a, a, a pretty demanding letter to Mayorkas and the top leaders of DHS, ICE and CBP, Border Patrol, demanding to know uh, how they are vetting these people as they're bringing being brought over and what happens to them after they're released. Do we, do we watch them? Do we keep any kind of track of them? Uh, and, and um, also he's expanded that to all SIAs who are even coming in illegally. What are we doing to vet them? Exactly. Uh, are we doing the programs that I outlined in America's covert border war, the vetting and screening, mm-hmm. you know, face-to-face interviews, uh, because these are strangers coming from places like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and Afghanistan. And we're, we're either letting them into the country in a day or two uh, after they cross illegally, or we're, we're intentionally inviting them through, like from Iran and Lebanon and Jordan, uh, from really all over the Middle East, we're inviting them to come in. And from, from Muslim-majority countries, we're inviting them to come in and uh, I testified uh, last month, I guess it's now, it's still last month uh, in September, to the Judiciary Committee uh, that there was very little vetting going on with the ones coming in illegally and that this was a, uh, a national security issue that is being ignored. And Grassley has taken that under his wing hmm. also and is is saying well what are you doing so that's kind of the story here that's what's going on here uh, as israel's fighting a big war yeah well that's there. what i was going here's what i was going to ask you i'm we're talking with todd benzman and, and uh, todd benzman of course senior national security fellow over at the center for immigration studies he mentioned cis.org which originated this report um todd you know uh, half the time i'm asking you about whether people are paying attention to the issue of the border and we 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 bemoan that that you know that it's not well <clears throat> we we see what happens if you have a border with people, uh, a border with uh, people who don't who really don't like you in the case of Hamas, the terrorism that they did and the, and the way they treated uh, Israeli citizens. I mean, it's just horrendous, horrendous stuff. And and at the same time, we have an open border where the images are, are are not in dispute. There's people walking across the border, waving at the camera, and they're clearly not all, you know, carrying their Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, uh, icon with a family of three and mom and dad. Right. They're they're coming from nations where we should be worried. Are you are we seeing more attention on this? It, it, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, it doesn't feel like the general press. But are you seeing anybody saying, um, wait, we, we better reconsider this. We better understand this. We better vet these uh, folks that are coming. Something is anything changing? I don't I don't think the pattern is changing of interest. I think there is interest in the conservative media. OK, I think that there always has been on the um the Republican side of the House, 
in, in certain quarters. And also, I'd like that what we're seeing now with the Senate, with Grassley, okay. uh, interest in this. But on the Democratic side and in the regular press, which is on that side as well, uh, they are downplaying this. They won't report it. They won't talk about it. They think it's a canard. They think it's a conspiracy theory. They think that it's uh, kind of crazy talk, hyperbolic fear mongering when it does when they do talk about it. And so that's where we are as a country. They're absolutely entitled to that opinion. Uh, but but uh, I do I do believe that there is more uh, attention and worry on the uh, conservative side about this stemming from the the war in Israel because. What happens is, you know, like the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, right? they're actually a liberal organization, but they just produced a report saying that the number of anti-Semitic attacks and reports of attacks on them is up like 300 percent in like a couple weeks. Uh-huh. And, you know, that and they're they're listing out all of these dangerous things that are happening to Jewish people inside the country. Because Muslims in this country are very emotionally involved in the conflict, even though they're here, they're emotionally involved. And you can see in the demonstrations on the street how angry they are and in in Europe, et cetera. And the real risk here of that is that people that are coming in over the border who have been inculcated in that hatred their entire lives might pop off, drive a car through a crowd. Uh, you know, just, you know, manifest their anger with stabbings and killings, shootings, whatever. And I think that that's really what the what the risk is, is a pop off of somebody. Uh, But, you know, I wouldn't also discount an organized cell coming over the border. We just had an FBI case wrap up in Ohio, just wrapped up. They haven't sentenced the guy yet. Shihab Ahmed Shihad. Uh, was an, is an Iraqi asylum seeker who uh, was caught in the middle of a plot to bring four ISIS terrorists over the southern border to kill President George Bush, former President George W. Bush wow. in Texas. And in the course of the investigation, he admitted to an undercover FBI informant that he had already brought in two Hezbollah agents over the southern border. There's nothing more, but the point is, is that case shows that the bad guys are well aware of how porous and open our southern border is. So either one of those scenarios, an organized cell uh, or a lone offender who just gets f- furious over some bombing or, you know, somebody that, you know, images of, of uh, dead children in Gaza and decides to drive his car through a Christmas tree event or something, a Christmas event. Right, right. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman, and again, uh, I'll put up on social media a link to this uh, over at toddbenzman.com, this uh, uh, coverage um, that was in the New York Post a day or so ago, uh, Senator uh, Grassley stepping into this. Todd, I just got, I've got like a minute left. Um, are are you optimistic? I do this to you all the time, I know. But are you optimistic that the uh, U.S. House leadership, the new speaker, gets this he's playing some hardball on on one of the israeli funding bills in terms of making it be paid for do you are you you know uh, in 30 seconds or less are you optimistic that they get what's going on at the, our border and we'll do something about it 
I don't think that there's it. No, I'm not optimistic. I'm okay. sorry. That's okay. Uh, I don't think that the House can do anything. They don't have the power. They might be able to um, block up some spending bill, maybe close the government or something. But this really is about the White House. Uh, Congress is too divided. It's paralyzed. And the White House is indicating they're doing every they're actually going the other way. They're opening the spigots wider. They're finding new ways to go to 11. You know, that, mm-hmm. that yeah, movie yeah. Spinal the Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah they're going right. to yep. uh, trying to go to 15 <laughs> on this thing. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, I can't go to 15 on my uh, segment. I'm up against the break. I got to go. Todd Bensman. Uh, he's awesome. We'll have him on sooner. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, uh, and uh, ToddBensman.com. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast delivering a conservative pro-family perspective since 1983. As an author, speaker, and the founder of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Mrs. Schlafly spent an astounding 70 years in public service, protecting and defending the Constitution, the nuclear family, the unborn, and America's sovereignty. Following that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Like it or not, most Americans are totally dependent on the Internet. The Internet is where many of us get our news, communicate with loved ones, seek entertainment, check the weather, buy merchandise, pay bills, and even book flights. Can you even remember the last day that you did not use the Internet for anything at all? Now, I'm certainly not against the Internet. Our lives have become easier in many ways because of it. However, conservatives should be on the lookout for evil forces who would seek to use the Internet to control the people who depend on it. The big tech giants of Silicon Valley are becoming increasingly bold in their efforts to demand conformity to the leftist agenda. The Internet used to be a place where ideas could be exchanged openly without fear. But now those ideas are being silenced under the guise of misinformation and even hate speech. Leftist moderators are empowered to arbitrate the thin line between political disagreement and falsity. Of course, I have no problem with a platform choosing to moderate their content. If they want to advertise themselves as a place where only leftist thought is welcome, that is their choice. However, they should not be able to claim the mantle of free speech while also denying dissenting voices. They also cannot deny responsibility for what's published on their platform while simultaneously moderating the content. If they want to enjoy all the legal protections of a utility company, they should act like a utility company. When was the last time the phone company censored your call because you talked about politics? Multi-billion dollar tech companies don't want to play by the same rules as everyone else. They have lobbyists at the national level and in every single state of the union with the express purpose of protecting their company from any laws that hinder their profits and control. Americans have embraced the Internet and there's nothing anyone can do to change this. However, what we can do is ensure that the needs of the people and not big tech companies come first in our legislative bodies. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When big tech billionaires silence conservative voices on social media, the very core of American liberty vanishes. It's happening, and it's a slippery slope. At phyllisschlafly.com, we have a plan for protecting free speech. It starts with you. Please go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, the last month or so has been really fun for me because I've been working with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht uh, and Greg Phillips, uh, who have worked together on True the Vote and other efforts. And they're the they're and Greg Phillips is spending much of his time on it. But Catherine Engelbrecht is one of the founders also of Open.Inc., this um, website that has a, is a clearinghouse for us to post a lot of the January 6th collection, as well as other stuff. But here's the thing. They're really very, very talented people and a really interesting and fun to work with. And I'm rem- I was reminded in the midst of all this that Catherine Engelbrecht years ago came to St. Louis, excuse me, <clears throat> came to Washington, D.C., pardon me, came to Washington, D.C. to be part of our collegians effort where we have our uh, college students, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, college students get engaged. And she addressed the group and we had a a dinner afterwards. It was me and her and Sidney Powell and John Schlafly and Roger Severino and a few others. And uh, just extraordinarily interesting, talented woman, Catherine Engelbrecht. It's been really fun to work with her. I've known her for years now, obviously. And in the midst of all this work we're doing on the January 6th collection, which is over at open.inc uh, slash J6, extraordinary uh, thing that they're doing. Catherine Engelbrecht's got family issues. She's got a, a, her, uh, her own family she's taking care of. I won't go into the details of it. And then I realized she's being sued. I, I don't know if Catherine Engelbrecht, she was in jail like a year ago because of, of she got held in contempt by a judge because she wouldn't do what they told her in terms of of, of some of the overreach of, of uh, law uh, lawfare and courts. But and, and then she was ultimately let out, uh, got let out of jail, obviously. But I, I realized she's back in court and, it, and it's in three days or so from now later this week in Georgia being sued uh, for defamation for the 2000 mules effort, her and Dinesh D'Souza and the companies and all. And I remembered saying to someone, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, she she is attacked and and the use of lawfare. She was one of the early her organization, True the Vote, early um, groups and people targeted by the IRS uh, to complicate the way people would work and do their work. She was fearless in saying what was true about election fraud, about the problems of fraud, about the fact that Republicans, as well as Democrats, but importantly, even because she's a conservative and identified as a conservative, she was willing to say it about Republicans. They're not doing enough about elections. They're not be- being serious about elections. They're, in other words, at a certain point, if you can see what the problems are and you can be shown what they are and you won't do anything, there's only one conclusion in the, in the sort of default position is you're in on it. You like the game rigged. And although Catherine Engelbeck was careful how she said that, she was very clear. She's like, hey, the system is not working. Who's going to address it? And lots of Republicans didn't want to. And my point here is she's probably been attacked and maligned for doing the right thing by more people on both sides of the aisle than anyone except that's not named Trump, honestly. And she has had to go through litigation time after time. I I, I recently brought up um, lawfare to her. In some context, and she was chuckled. And I, as, as she chuckled, I realized, what am I talking about? Lawfare, describing lawfare when I see, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Clark being railroaded and I see uh, John Eastman being attacked. And I was I think I was describing some of that to her and she kind of chuckled. I mean, she herself has been through it. Uh, I mean, just one time after another. It's extraordinary. And yet and yet she, there she is still doing the same thing, which is doing the right thing. And being a voice out there and not being afraid of it and not at all being without uh, joy. I mean, it's incredible. 
I mean, I'm 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 nervous half the time and I get worried and uh, stressed out over things. It's not even me. I'm worried about other people, including her. You know, uh, Sidney Powell, I mean, the other one of the other people that was at that dinner with us. I mean, Sidney's been through just a, the, the ringer times 100, but it's nothing compared to what Catherine Engelbeck's going through. So my point in telling you all that is I, I want to make sure people realize she'll be back in court in Georgia being attacked for doing the right things. She'll be back paying the price for being out there. And what we need to support her in any way we can. True the Vote uh, is a great organization. That's her organization. You can always support that. There's lots of other ways to uh, to support her and what she's doing in terms of prayer. She mentioned when I asked her, what what can we be doing? It's true. The ver- it's true. The vote dot org, by the way, is the website. And that it is a uh, an entity that um does accept donations if you want to support uh, their work. Uh, they're they're in the middle of a lot of the lawsuits. They get sued themselves, so um, that's a good place to go. And also, there's lots of resources on that website for ways you can get involved in protecting the election process. That's from the beginning what she's been doing. Uh, but she mentioned, I said, what could you do? She said, well, first of all, people can pray. Second of all, just raising awareness, which is one of the reasons I decided to do this segment, get people understanding and talking about what's going on, and then saying and supporting Catherine Engelbrecht in what she's doing. So it's good enough. It's great to pray for her. And I'm, I'm all for intentional prayer. I had a, a preacher tell me that last week. You got to be more intentional, be specific in what you pray for. Pray for Catherine Engelbrecht to succeed and do well. Pray for her organizations to succeed and do well. That's good. But uh, the other thing is to find ways to uh, spread the word and get people to understand who's fighting for us, who's on our side, who's actually doing stuff, not just tweeting, not just talking on a radio show even, but actually out there building the organizations, empowering people, and fighting off the people that are trying to stop it. She's extraordinary. So uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, very much one of our the great Americans of this time, who's not stopped fighting one minute in the face of incredible, incredible adversity. And so please uh, support her in what she's doing. TrueTheVote.org, again, is her organization. And uh, keep an eye out for and uh, for what's happening with her and uh, highlight it for other people. So there you have it. Um, I will put all that up on social media. We've got to uh, take a break now. I want to say thank you to Mason Mohan and Ryan Hyde, our producers, and all those folks at The Answer San Diego in San, uh, in San Diego uh, in the Salem Radio Network for helping us get the show on and get it out well. So we will uh, post all that up. Visit ProAmericaReport.com. Don't forget uh, uh, open.inc slash J6 is where you can see the January 6th collection, another one of Catherine Engelbrecht's great projects that she's helping us do. So we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.